0: The presence of the Lord is in this place. Right here, right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to read just three verses of scripture from 1 Peter chapter number one. You can stay standing for just another moment. I promise you'll be sitting soon. Thank you for honoring the presence of the Lord, honoring the word of God, and of course, just being here today. Thank you. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. And that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And from verse 3, the phrase, a lively hope, I'm going to just take that right from the text and use that for my title today, a lively hope. Hallelujah. I've said it before many times, I do not Call the praise team and say, hey, I'm preaching this. Can you sing these songs to fit? Now, there's occasional I might say, I want this song sung or this altar call song. But I let the Holy Ghost just lead, and and he does a good job. And today, many of the songs, if not all of them, have spoke to at least a part or a theme or something that is going to be said through the preached Word of God. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, this is your church, not mine. You and your Word alone. Can save, deliver, and heal us. You know every need, every struggle, every issue, everything, every person, every situation. God, your word is anointed, and it is appointed for this moment, right here and right now. And so on the authority of your word, I bind every spirit of hindrance and loose your anointing to fill this place. Without you, I am Nothing, so let there be a demonstration of your spirit and power, confirming your word with signs following, and let me walk in your spirit and not my flesh, and I thank you for letting me minister to your church, and pray this all in Jesus' mighty name, and would you say amen? amen? You may be seated, God bless you. God's abundant mercy saves us, keeps us saved And guarantees our eternal inheritance. Oh, what a Savior. He was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And while the Jews were His people in the wilderness, He was never only going to save one ethnicity. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, among all of the prophets prophesied the new covenant. Amos spoke of the exact hour, noon, when Christ would hang on the cross and prophesied that the sun would go down at that very moment. Zechariah prophesied that Israel's Messiah would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey and that in one day He would take away all iniquity. Even Moses in Deuteronomy prophesied the coming of a Prophet who would circumcise the hearts of his people, pointing to the new birth in which circumcision of the heart is related to. Amen. The book of Acts is filled with testimony after testimony of people repenting, being baptized in the name of Jesus, and speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance, fulfilling those Old Testament prophecies and enacting the new covenant. But unfortunately, many today in churches across the world do not preach regeneration. You can come to church and give money and never make any change in your life just as long as you keep attending and giving. But true, biblical transformation always results in regeneration. Otherwise, salvation is incomplete I'm thankful to stand before you today and tell you I'm not who I used to be <laughs> ah, I'm thankful to tell you I don't look like what I've been through today I'm thankful to stand here and tell you that had it not been for the grace and mercy of God, I wouldn't even be standing here today. Amen. That's why the Bible tells us, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. I'm thankful that I died in repentance. I'm thankful that I was buried in baptism. And I'm thankful that I resurrected into new life, speaking in a heavenly language. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, salvation is an elastic word. I do not mean to suggest that you can make it mean what you want. What I mean is it has multiple meanings depending upon its context within Scripture. It first of all means justification. That's a big word that just simply means God justifies or declares or makes us. Right, justification is where he frees us from the penalty of sin. Think about it this way. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? That's a verse in the Bible. Another verse says that the wages of sin is death. So if I sin, I can expect to die, right? Spiritual death. Okay, so being justified means God satisfies the penalty of sin. You see, I can't die for myself. I can't atone for my own sin because I'm sinful, not sinless. Ah, oh, come on. My righteousness, the Bible says, is the sum total of filthy rags. So I needed His righteousness. That's why I have to be justified. Oh, hallelujah. That's why the verse, the first verse we read says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy. Somebody say abundant mercy. That means it never runs out. That means it's everlasting to everlasting. That means it's still good today in 2023. Hallelujah. According to His abundant mercy has begotten us again. That's King James wording for the new birth, or to be born again. I've met a few people that will tell me, well, I was born this way. And by the way, that's not always a, an argument for somebody that claims homosexuality. Sometimes, well, this is who I am. I was born this way. I'm angry, or, or I'm a jerk, or I'm a whatever I was born this way. To which I always reply, good, you must be born again. I'll let you win the argument. You could be born that way. Sure, we're all born in sin, shape, and iniquity. But we must be born again. And so, hath begotten us again is that that King James English, which is saying we've got to experience the new birth. But notice, unto a lively hope. That means a living hope. How many of you ever hoped for something? We just came out of Christmas season and I'm sure there were some little kids hoping that what they wanted was under the tree and wrapped, right? We understand hope whether we're a child or an adult, but how many of you have been disappointed before when when that hope seemed to fail or what or whom you hoped in didn't work out? But uh, the hope I have in Jesus, it's a living hope. It's a lively hope. And so he's begotten me again. I'm new birth. I'm a new creature with a hope that does not disappoint. Hallelujah. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, since he arose, I will arise. That's that's both the here and now when I receive His Holy Spirit, but it's also the then whenever I rise to meet Him in the air. Hallelujah. All through the book of Acts, you can see the begotten us again element in Acts 2 and in Acts 8 and in Acts 9 and 10 and 19 where they would repent and be baptized in His name and filled with His Spirit. Titus 1 and 2 refers to this hope as the hope of eternal life. Titus 2.13 calls it the blessed hope. In fact, the word hope is used 33 times in the New Testament when referring to salvation that culminates with eternal life. Paul even went as far as to call Jesus our hope. One of his names or attributes is our hope. Hope, hallelujah. In the book of Colossians, the Bible says when we're filled with the Spirit, that it's Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so today, I've come as a hope dealer today to preach to you that there's hope that you can have that's outside of this world. The government can't stop it. The economy can't affect it. The military can't shut it down. Amen. Conspiracy theorists can't take it away. It's a hope that is founded in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Are you thankful for that today? But justification is only the beginning of lifelong transformation. To stop at justification would be detrimental. And yet, too many believers do just that. They view it as a checklist a repented check, baptized check, Holy Ghost check, set on a blue chair till Jesus comes check. It's, it's not a checklist, y'all. Amen. Yes, you got to be justified. But somebody say sanctified. sanctified. So mature believers will grow from justification into sanctification. And I know I've used this illustration before, but I'm going to use it again here real quick. If, if this part of the platform over here is where I started with Jesus, this is, this is X marks the spot. This is where Myron found Jesus and I was born again. And let's say that the piano over there is my ultimate reward in heaven where I'm laying up treasure. I've taken a few steps in my life, and let's just say I'm about halfway. Here's the problem. We sometimes measure our sanctification. Well, I'm ahead of this guy or behind that gal. That's not sanctification. That's that's comparing yourself. Here's the true measurement. I've come this far, I've got that far to go. I've made this many steps, I got this many more steps to go. And even if they're little baby steps, even if I trip sometimes, I get back up and I keep walking to the goal. I'm not comparing where I am on this walk with you. I'm comparing where he brought me from to where he's taken me. I don't know when he's going to take me home, but I know this. I'm gonna keep striving and pressing for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, sanctification frees me from the power. That song we just sang about chains falling and fear bowing. You see, justification freed me from the penalty, but my walk with God, sanctification frees me from the power. Of sin. The more I walk with him, the less I'm bound. It's something else, too. The longer I walk with him, the further I get from where I used to be, and the, oh, come on, somebody. We all got a past, don't we? We all got some history, don't we? And a lot of us, if we could go back and change it, we would. But let me, let me just encourage you to do this for a moment start measuring some new history you're gonna start making. I know I used to do this, but I ain't that no more. I used to talk like that, but I ain't that no more. I used to act like that, but I ain't that no more. Start making some new history. The Bible says to put off the works of the flesh and to put on Christ. Amen? Let me tell you how easy it is to do this. I didn't give them to the this to the sound team, the media team, but if you can get it real quick, Romans 8.5. If you've got a Bible, open up to Romans 8, 5. Let me show you how easy it is to live for God, okay? By the way, it's hard to live for God easy, but it's easy to live for God hard. Here's what that means. That's a crazy proverb, but let me tell you what it means. If you're just expecting that God's going to do it all for you, the Bible says almost all things are purged by the blood. It doesn't say all things are purged. It says almost all. It's in Hebrews 9. It is. I'm not misquoting that, sister, I promise. I know I I I sometimes try to trip you guys up, but read it. It's in Hebrews 9. Almost all things are without the shedding of blood removed, right? What does Jesus mean right there? His blood will wash my sins away. His blood will cleanse me from all unrighteousness, but watch what it won't do. It won't walk for me. It won't worship for me. It ain't going to change my thoughts. Okay? I've got to change the way I think. I've got to live for God. Be ye holy. The be ye element of that is there's something you've got to do. There's action you have to take. So the blood won't do everything for you. Oh, I know that's tripping some of you up right now. But I promise you it's, it's, it's there. Uh, anyway, Romans 8.5, we got it? There it is. Look at that. Perfect. For they that are after the flesh do Mind the things of the flesh. That means they set their thing, their mind on the things of the flesh. But they that think the things of the Spirit or after the Spirit do the things of the Spirit. In other words, what that verse is saying is this. Ready? Watch. Are you, are you watching this? Perfect illustration. If I'm looking this way, I'm most likely going to go this way. But if I'm looking this way, right? You ever been driving And you look off and all of a sudden, you're on the rumble strip. Or, God forbid, you look the other way and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, sorry. It's like Grandpa Mouty used to say, you better be looking where you're going because you're going where you're looking. Right? That, Romans 8, 5, is how easy it is. What are you putting your mind to? If it's the things of the flesh, don't be surprised if that's what you're doing. But if you're putting your mind to the things of the Spirit... Don't be surprised. That's what you're doing. If we'll do what the Bible says, we can expect what the Bible promises. And so sanctification is the process of being freed from the power of sin. Here's what's cool. Justification is, I don't mean to say it's a one and done like it never is going to happen again. We will be renewed and refreshed in the spirit. But, but it's, it's a moment. Justification is a moment. Okay? Okay? In a minute, we're going to talk about glorification, which is the keyboard over here. That's a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to be translated from uh, uh, this natural and this, this mortal to immortal. That, that's a moment, but it's a lifetime of sanctification. Okay, does that make sense? So justification is a moment. He freed me from the penalty of sin. Praise God and thank God for that. And we should praise Him for it. And we should be reminded of where He brought us from. And we should be looking forward to where we're going. But there's a lot in between that we're living. Hmm. And so sanctification is that process. And, and Ephesians chapter 4 The the, the bulk of that chapter really explains what it means. It it includes, as my wife pointed out, changing how you think. It it produces a difference in how you act, it reveals your new life in Christ. It's like Paul said in Colossians putting off the things of the flesh and putting on the things of the spirit. It's as it says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 7, 1. It's perfecting the holiness of God inwardly and outwardly. My spirit is right. My outside is right. I'm being sanctified. You see, when I'm I'm walking in this process, not only am I not measuring myself against others, but here's what I'm also doing. Does it please Jesus? Right? Because... Catch this. If it pleases God, does it matter who it displeases? Well, let me say it in reverse. If it displeases God, does it matter who it pleases? So I'm not doing what I'm doing. I'm not living the way I'm living. I'm not acting the way I'm acting. I'm not dressing the way I'm dressing. I'm not doing all these things because of rules, because of laundry list somewhere being aired or No, it's not that that I'm, you know, looking at the commandments and becoming rigid like the Pharisees. I'm, I'm in love with the commander. What does the commander want me to do? If he's happy with it, I'm sorry that you're not, but he is. I'm not trying to be crude. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just, I want to please him. Are you with me? I'm in a relationship, and so sanctification is saying, I I don't want to do some of those things because I want to be like Him. We just sang about getting into the presence of God, and I watched as many of you were just breaking free. You you weren't here for a moment. You you were in the third heaven for a moment. You were breaking out of this this building, and your spirit was being refreshed. Why? Because you want to be closer to Him. That's what sanctification is. In fact, obeying what the Bible teaches will result in God's favor on earth and the promise of glorification when he returns. And so that leads us to the next part. This is uh, 1 Peter 1, verse 5. Notice he says, and by the way, did you see verse 4? Go back to verse 4 real quick. I'm sorry. 1 Peter 1, verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fades not away. If my inheritance, if my glorification the piano again, remember, if, if that's undefiled, if that's incorruptible, then I want to do my best to live incorruptible and undefiled. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. Now glorification. Watch this. 1 Peter 1:5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. So if justification frees me from the penalty of sin. And my walk with God, sanctification frees me from the power of sin. Glorification, ready for this? Is gonna free me from the presence of sin. Because right now, while I'm walking on this road like Paul, when I would do good, evil's present with me. I have to fight against this flesh a lot, walking on this life. That's a part of what sanctification is it's putting the flesh in subjection and saying, oh no, buddy boy, you're gonna do what I said to do. Right? But on that day, the presence of sin is gone forever. If that don't give you hope, I don't know what does. Because I'm tired of this fight on this earth. I'm tired of, of sin taking, taking center stage. I don't know if some of you heard, and I don't mean to get off on, the, on a tangent here, but, but there was some stuff that happened at the Grammys that I don't even want to barely repeat. And if you saw it or heard about it, you know what I'm talking about. But, but some spiritual evil was taking place. But then I saw something else that happened. Anybody heard about what's happening in Asbury? Huh? Some of you shaking your head? Last Wednesday, some students, is it Kentucky? Or Tennessee? Anyway, Kentucky? Yeah, Asbury, Kentucky. Some students at a college, a a, a Bible college of sorts, wanted to feel the presence of God. And on their Wednesday chapel, they began praying. The Holy Spirit started to be poured out and people started getting the Holy Ghost. They're still praying. It's student-led. The, the faculty's not leading it. It's not a, a planned revival or anything. Young people are just saying, we want God. We're tired of this world. I bring that up to show you that while the, the devil's over here trying to get us excited about you know, the Grammys and, and all of his worship of, of evil, here's some young people saying, I don't care about that. I just want the presence of God. I want the Spirit of God. I want to know if there's something more. They're breaking free of traditionalism. They're, they're breaking free of the status quo in the North. This is not a college that is known for the outpouring of the Spirit per se. It's just young people saying, I want God. It's similar to what happened at Topeka, Kansas in 1903 uh, when some young people at a college said, We want the Spirit of God. We want it to be poured out. It's happening again in our generation, in our hour. So let's quit letting Satan be the highlight. And let's realize God is doing great things. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Can I tell you that this verse, verse 5 here, who are kept by the power of God. If you're born again, there's keeping power on you. Oh, hallelujah. Now you have a free will. You can choose like Demas to forsake God. But if you'll stay close to that keeping power, Ah. oh, come on. You remember the the thing I showed you a few when we were finishing the Psalms? Grace and truth out front leading you, goodness and mercy following you. If you'll keep those surrounding you, come on. I'm not saying the way won't be rough. There's going to be some valley of shadows of death. Watch this, Jude 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy come on I know we have the propensity to fail we have the propensity to fall but if we'll stay within the keeping power of God and we'll be sanctified as much as we were justified we can hope to the day when we will be glorified hallelujah This is how Jesus said it in John 10, 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Can I tell you, the keeping power of God is so strong. There's not a man that can open those hands and take you out. There is not a demon that can do it. You can walk away. You can forsake him. But as long as you stay in the keeping power of God, he's going to keep you through sanctification. And one day you're gonna hear that trumpet sound. Praise God. Praise God. In Second in Peter, I know we're preaching from First Peter, but in his second epistle, he, he talks about uh, you know adding to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge, right? And in verse ten, he says, "If you do all these things, if this is abounding in you, then he says in verse eleven, you shall never fall." And an entrance will be given to you uh, into the eternal kingdom of God. How Lindsay said, man can live about 40 days without food, about three days without water, about eight minutes without air, but for only one second without hope. And so, Pastor Danny, if you're listening, I've come to be a hope dealer today. Reaching for those who want to give their lives to Jesus Christ who is the only real hope both now and forever. So I want to ask a question today. Have you repented? Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit? That's justification. If you have, praise God. Do you need to repent about something else? Go ahead and do that. But if, if you have been born again, Are you you putting off the works of the flesh? Are you putting on Christ? Are you perfecting holiness in the fear of God? That's sanctification. Are you pursuing peace and holiness so that you'll see the Lord? Glorification? Don't wait until next week. In fact, don't wait till I call the praise team up. Don't wait another minute. If you need to pray right now, go ahead and move forward. It's okay. The altars are already open. In fact, they're not closed ever. You will not stop me from preaching if you want to come down and pray, I promise you. Commit yourself to being holy inwardly and outwardly. And look forward to that soon coming of Jesus Christ. You can experience a lively hope today. You see, God is the source of life. The Bible says we, in Him we live and move and have our being. So outside of the hope in God, there is no life. And outside of life in God, there is no hope. But he comes to give us a lively hope. It's both living, life, and hope. In Psalm 146, that psalmist is unknown and the historical setting is unknown. But he mentions nine things about God's word and the hope therein. In verse 5, he says, that God helps. This implies salvation if you dig into the Hebrew of that word there. He, he mentions in verse 7 that God executes judgment for the oppressed. Praise team, please come. He mentions God gives food to the hungry in verse 7. Also in verse 7, he mentions that God frees prisoners. This is another implication to salvation. So he helps and frees prisoners. We talked about those chains falling earlier. We sang about it. Amen. He frees prisoners. He opens blind eyes in verse eight. He raises those who are bowed down in verse eight. Oh, you know what that is? That's guilt. That's shame. And those who are bowed down because of it, he lifts them up and says, "No, I love you. I've called you." Again, another implication to salvation. Verse eight, he loves the righteous, those who are living in sanctification. And again, another implication to that salvation. Verse nine, he pres- preserves strangers. Yet another implication to salvation because we, Gentiles, were strangers. And in verse 9 also, he relieves the fatherless and widows. So if you fall into any one of those nine categories, you need help. You need him to free you. You need a God to open your eyes. They may not be physically blind, but they might be spiritually blind. You feel bowed down with weight of guilt and hopelessness and you want him to raise you today. If you fit any of those categories then take heart and hope in God because he will fulfill his word with signs following. That's what the Bible says. You know what that means? Well, Joey, here's what that means. You ready? It means the word Going to go home with you today. You may not feel a single goosebump right now. That's okay. But it means the word's gonna go home with you. And it might be confirmed tomorrow. It might be confirmed on Tuesday. It might both days too. You might get a double portion. Or a triple. Get it on Wednesday too. But Tim, it means that God is gonna plant that word. Bible talks about the engrafted word planted in us. And if we'll let it work. Tony, if we'll let it work. We can walk out those doors and get into our vehicles and go to lunch and have our afternoon nap and watch the Super Bowl and hope both teams have a good time. Megan, I loved your shirt that you put on. You know, that was that was really cool. I just hope both teams have a good time. I don't know much about it. But, you know, Patriots aren't in, so I don't care. <sighs> ha, 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 ha. Sister, there's some hope. There's some hope. I know it's been since 1996. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? You can leave with some hope today. It's not just, watch. Many of you have wept and cried and laughed and spoke in tongues and felt the presence of God. There's already one coming to pray for a a double portion. You're going to feel God now, but what I'm telling you is this hope is going to go home with you. Just like you're going to take your wallet or your purse. Just like you're going to carry your Bible or get your kids all together and back book packs and all that. You're going to leave here with something today if you'll let it work. It's a hope. A lively hope. You see what God wants this church to hear for the last three or four years. Songs like this one that they're about to sing are resonating within this body now I mean it's for the whole church globally but specifically for this congregation God has been telling this church since about 2019 to believe that you are who God says you are and I want you to leave with that hope today I want you to leave understanding that if you'll be justified and walk in sanctification you will be glorified you can walk home today with something Again, some are already praying. They're getting ready to sing. You can stand, kneel. If you need to leave, I understand. I love you. I'll see you Wednesday. See you next Sunday. But if you want to take a few moments to latch on to something, if you want to take a few moments to to grab a hold of something that was preached today and leave here with something tangible in the spirit, there's hope. Jesus is that hope. Ministers, would you help me pray for some of these as they sing?